Los Angeles. Hello, Major League Soccer. Hello, passerbys. And more importantly, hello to the millions. And millions. Of our listeners, and welcome to episode 239 of Defenders of the Bank. I am the platinum-colored hair flamingo. It's covered right now because I have hat head. My name is Philly, and joining me on the other side of this beautiful town we call Los Angeles is my partner in pod. In Spanish, they called him La Bufanda. In Vietnamese, they call him Czech Han. I see you, Vietnam. Shout out to all our friends in Ho Chi Minh City, Hanoi, and Da Nang. Thank you for the numerous downloads over the course of the past four years. In German, they call him Der Schall. But here in Los Angeles, all over this country, the United Kingdom, and Australia, we call him The Scarf. What is good? I'm loving that intro. You got to explain to me the difference between hat hair and hat head. But that's fine. We can go. We can talk about that a little bit later. Uh, there it is. Look at that. I like it. This is uh, why I got it covered. It looks look, like poop. Man, I, I know why you've got all the energy. You, you're you're ready to go for day number two, my man. Day number one, you got your, is that a Macho Man t-shirt on right now, right? You got your Macho Man shirt on. The cream how, rises to the top, Scarf. How, how was day number one? And are you okay? Because I know Charlotte Flair lost. It's funny, as we were wa- waiting for the intro to kick in, I saw the photo that you and I took with her and Andrade. Yeah. Um, am I okay? Yeah. It, 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 WrestleMania is over the course of two days now, which is, is more or less a new thing. The last time I went to one, it was WrestleMania 29 in New York City, The Rock versus John Cena 2. It used to only be a one-day event where it was four or so hours. Obviously, COVID changed things, and now we have two days. And usually over the course of two days, there might be a little lull in the action. There might be a match that gets kind of boring or something where you're like, ah, I think I could get up and get myself a- another beer or a bathroom break. But there was no match at all last night that was boring. Every single match, highly entertaining. And yes, the females, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair absolutely blew whatever roof off a SoFi there was. These girls are so stinking talented. It's unbelievable. There's so many amazing you know, women that have come over the course of professional wrestling, but women like Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair, I wouldn't want to meet them in a, in a dark alley in a fight situation even when I was at my physical peak. They're, they're incredible, and I love watching the women uh, for obvious reasons in some cases, but also because they're just – they're so stinking talented, man. It was a blast. It was a blast. Yeah, I think I've gone on record on this pod now as saying my favorite uh, performer, uh, wrestler, if you will, in WWE is Rhea Ripley. So I was stoked She's to great. see her win. She was incredible. Uh, dude, I'm, I'm glad you got day number two to, to get ready for. I know you're you're leaving. What time are you leaving to go to WrestleMania today? Uh, well, it's 1040 right now, local time here in Los Angeles. It took us an hour and a half to get down there. From Burbank, and we left around like two two thirty. Uh, everything started around four thirty five ish. So I'd like to get there relatively early and calmly because the traffic in this town sucks. And out of towners that are here from all over the world that are like, "Oh, no biggie. I'll just get an Airbnb in Pasadena. It's not that far to go to SoFi Stadium." Yeah. Two hours to get from Pasadena to SoFi Stadium. Yeah, look, L.A. is known for its traffic, if not for anything else. One thing that Defenders of the Bank is known for is, of course, being sponsored by our fantastic sponsor, Flex and Flex Power Tools. Head on over to FlexPowerTools.com for all your power tool needs. We, again, want to thank our good friends at Flex for making us part of the Flex family. So, again, FlexPowerTools.com. 
And if you head on over to defendersofthebank.com, you can also click on the link for Flex up at the top and go straight to their website as well. Uh, Philly, we just want to remind everybody as we kick off every single episode with this, I can't wait until the day where I don't have to do this, where we don't have to talk about this. But the Mauricio Mofasio Futsal Court fundraising effort in Southeast LA continues to be underway. LAFC, the LAFC Foundation, and the 3252 are partnering to build a futsal court in Southeast LA in Mo's honor. And the link to donate can be found at www.lafc.com backslash Mo hyphen Facio. It's F-A-S-C-I-O. So please, please, please go to that link if you can donate. I would say donate money for every goal that we scored in our last match, but that would not be the most effective way to fundraise Philly. What would you suggest that we, maybe we donate a dollar for every corner kick that Colorado had. That would be 10. That'd be a $10 donation. Why not? How's that? That would that would be a good idea. Obviously, we have the mistakes of calling BMO Stadium, Bank of California Stadium, another way to, to raise some money. Perhaps what you and I can do since the weather's starting to get warmer, Philly in the scarf swimsuit calendars, man. Wow. I have no doubts that there's plenty of people out there that would love to see the scarf in a banana hammock. <laughs> Listen, I don't know how often. One in particular use- that's underneath the same roof as you anyway. Uh, I, I don't know how often we could use the word scarf and banana hammock in the same sentence and not get in I trouble. Can make it but happen. I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, for any of my students that are listening, I apologize. Either oh, way. Yes, I'm sorry about that, kids. Uh, no, hey, that's, you know. <laughs> we hey. are not role models. We are not paid to be role models. We are here to entertain, inform, and educate. We've we've gone over this. I am actually paid to be a role model. I have to be very not careful. right now though. No, not right now. But I'm always representing the Willows. I love where I teach. I love what I do. Either way, Philly, uh, we got a little bit to talk about in terms of news and notes. We promised the millions and millions that we would give them an international duty roundup, and that just gives us an excuse to say duty. Uh, let's get into a little bit of this day. Actually, I meant to do this. One go. day I'll get the hang of these stupid buttons. There's only eight of them, and you programmed them all, right? So there you go. No, they were pre-programmed. Oh, good. You didn't even have to do that. Excellent. Uh, we're going to get into this day in LAFC history, a couple of news and notes. Actually, our news and notes is really just the International Duty Roundup. We will talk for a very short amount of time. We'll have our Angel City Minute and an LAFC Two Minute as well, and then a relatively quick breakdown of the match in Colorado Commerce City, Colorado, again, proving to be a place where we just don't play all that well. But that's all right. We didn't lose this time. This day in LAFC history, Philly, we talked about this on One More Sleep. We're actually recording this Sunday, April 2nd, which is it's early in the morning. It's 1045. There's sun. There's This is weird. I'm not going to lie. This is very, very weird. Uh, through the one window in Philomonster Studios and the, the one window here, but two windows in Philomonster Studios and the one window behind the scarf wall here. Well, over there, not behind the scarf wall. That's back here. It's sunny out, which is nice. Hopefully it won't rain today. Uh, Philly, we talked about this on One More Sleep yesterday. April 1st, 2019 was the uh, Carlos Vela, anniversary of Carlos Vela being named MLS Player of the Week for Week 5. And in that week, it was the only hat trick that Carlos Vela has ever scored in Major League Soccer, not against the Colorado Rapids. That was for a hat trick and an assist in our 5 nothing win in San Jose in 2019. Uh, an, an incredible effort by one Carlos Vela. He was named MLS Player of the Week for Week 5 for Match Day 5 in 2019. And that, Philly, is this day in LAFC history. We had not one, not two, not three, 
but four. Four players go on international duty, and two of them playing for the same nation, of course, Ecuador, with Jose Cifuentes and Chiqui Palacios, Daniel Maldonado for Honduras, and the legendary journey to and from his national team by one Denny Bowanga, Philly. Uh, we, we lost four guys, or at least we thought we were losing four guys for our match last week. Uh, unfortunately, we only lost, or fortunately, I guess I should say, we only lost three. Uh, Philly, let's give our let's give our fans, let's give the millions. And millions. Now you're just bit, pandering. <laughs> I am. Uh, a little bit of an international duty roundup. Let's let's begin first. Philly, I'll take Daniil Maldonado. You can take our, our two guys from Ecuador. Daniil Maldonado actually started his international duty at BMO Stadium. March 23rd, he played all 90 minutes in an international friendly versus El Salvador. It was a one nothing win for Honduras. And it was actually a matchup of former LAFC keepers. It was Luis Buba Lopez taking on the national champ, Tomas Romero. Buba in goal for Honduras and Tomas Romero in goal for El Salvador. The one nothing win, the clean sheet for Luis Lopez, meant that Daniel Maldonado, <coughs> excuse me, was on the winning side for that match March 23rd. And uh, six days later, in, on March 29th, in a CONCACAF Nations League match versus Canada, unfortunately, Honduras got absolutely housed by Canada 4-1. to one. He played the first half, started and played the first half, 45 minutes. So a full 90 and then 45 minutes for Daniil Maldonado in two matches. Philly, we got two guys from Ecuador, but uh, one of their roundups is going to be awfully short. Yes, you're, you're not wrong. This is a great big world that we live in, Defenders. So many beautiful countries and places to visit. And where Jose Cifuentes and Chiqui Palacios travel to is one of my favorite destinations. Been there a couple of times. It is fantastic. Australia. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. What's up, bam? Where do you think the shoey came from? It came from a pub in Melbourne. That's where we found out the shoey. That's where this whole thing came from and. We haven't actually done a shoey in a long time, Scarf, so that's something we need to work on, you in particular. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, maybe not. I mean, we're, we're, we're both on the fourth floor now. We're both mature, outstanding men in their middle age. Nope. I wouldn't call myself middle-aged yet because I'm living till I'm 100, so I have, ten more, I have eight more years to go. Anyway, that's besides the point. Jose Cifuentes and Chiqui Palacios represented Ecuador uh, in two international friendlies, both against the Socceroos. March 24th, a 3-1 loss, Sifu started and played the full 90. Very, very encouraging. Uh, on March the 28th, in a 2-1 win by Ecuador, he was subbed on in the 88th minute. So Sifu ended up getting a little bit of burn over the course of the two games and uh, on this trip. Chiqui Palacios, on the other hand, probably could have just stayed in Los Angeles because <laughs> he was completely unused for both matches versus Australia. It's an honor to go. He got a free trip to Australia, got to practice, got to keep himself match fit, perhaps had himself, uh, I don't know, a nice bit of sightseeing in some way, shape, or form, but he did not play. So that's the story with our two Ecuadorians. Hey, but you know what? Maybe it was Cheeky's first time in Australia. So maybe he got to see a, a continent, a country that I have never been to. So you know what? He's got that on me. He's also a professional footballer, so there's a lot more of the things on me. But Philly, <clears throat> it was the stuff of legend, Denis Bowanga, we thought in his going to play in the Africa Cup of Nations match versus Sudan on March 23rd, that there would be no way he would be able to make it back 
to BMO Stadium to definitely not to play against FC Dallas in our last match. But we were hoping he would just be back after his international duty was over in enough time uh, to play in this last match in Colorado. Well, boy, Philly, were we mistaken. Let's talk about his international duty first. March 23rd in an Africa Cup of Nations match versus Sudan. He started and played the full 90 in a one nothing win. Did not contribute to the scoreline, but started and played the full 90. Uh, not long after that, he left camp, boarded a 13-hour flight, arrived halfway through warm-ups as we were getting set to take on Dallas. And, and we all know what happened in the 84th minute of that last game. It was it was definitely our wait what? moment of that game for sure. Coming out of nowhere, Superman taking off the suit and tie and putting on the tights. Denny Bowanga, what an incredible performance there against Dallas. We talked about all that, but we do want to mention, look, he is not just in camp for Gabon. He is the captain of that club, of that nation, excuse me. And it's it's a pretty big deal. And I don't know how the Gabonese feel about this. It's kind of an interesting discussion. I don't know if we're going to have it here. But their captain left camp. There was still one more match to be played, by the way, for Gabon. Their captain left camp to come back here and finish out the his regular season MLS duty. Philly, that, that's got to be a huge feather in the cap for LAFC. I'm just wondering how Gabon feels. In the words of Steve Trundolo, I believe that's a question that they could be asked themselves or <laughs> something along that nature. I, I couldn't tell you how I would feel if I was part of the Gabonese team. What that would tell me for some of the other players is, hey, our captain's not here. Somebody else gets to step up and take the captain's armband. That's all it really tells me. Gabon, I'm not going to go on a record and say I know much about the performance and the historical tournament presence of Gabon, but... um it's an honor that he's the captain, no doubt about that. Plays with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. That's pretty cool. There are some very talented Gabonese players, but, I mean, I'm much happier to have him here in, in Los Angeles than anything else. You mentioned the Sudan scarf. Yes. Who is Sudan's most famous athlete here in the United States? Oh, goodness. I, I'll i give you a hint. He's not playing professionally anymore. He's not playing professionally anymore. I, I don't know. Who you got, Philly? Hmm. At one point, the tallest man in the NBA. George Murison? <laughs> He's Romanian, bro. <laughs> You're not even in the right continent. Manute Bull. Manute, oh, rest in peace, Manute Bull. Manute Bull. Anyways. Oh, well, that's cool. I didn't know Yeah, that. yeah. Just thought I'd throw that out there. You know, Thanks, buddy. Fun that's little cool. bingo fact for you guys before we get into the Mile High Meh episode yeah, of the and, podcast. And by the way, uh, Sudan wound up beating Gabon in that second match. So. Well, there you go. Kind of interesting, something to think about. Anyways, all right, we're we're a little off the rails, but imagine that a defenders of the bank episode where we don't go at least a little bit off the rails. That's okay. Let's get into our Angel City minute, Philly. Angel City fell on opening day two to one to New York, New Jersey, Gotham future or maybe even current superstar Alyssa Thompson scored in the eleventh minute, and and look, she is unreal. She is super fun yeah. to watch. I I highly advise all of you out there listening, and we know. We have some hate listeners from down the road in Carson, and we know we have some real listeners from the Black and Gold Faithful. No matter what your allegiances are, to LAFC, to Carson, put those allegiances away when it comes to being able to go to watch Angel City and watching Alyssa Thompson and the rest of those women play. Alyssa Thompson is special. We have plenty of other athletes that are incredible on that club. Please, please, please 
go and watch Alyssa Thompson and Angel City Football Club play. Also follow Angel City Chicks on all your social media so you can catch up on our Angel City info. Uh, unfortunately, Philly, the 11th minute goal by Alyssa Thompson was not enough as Margaret Purse and Lynn Williams both scored in the second half for New York, New Jersey, Gotham uh, in front of a sold out 22,000 at BMO Stadium. We, we were finally able to see friend of the podcast, Sarah Gordon, make her Angel City debut, which was neat. And also Katie Johnson suited up for the first time for Angel City after being acquired in the offseason from, I believe, San Diego Waves. So it's kind of interesting that we have our first player playing for us, but it also played for the San Diego Wave. They're traveling to Orlando today, Philly, where they'll take on the Orlando Pride in their second match of the season. I'd, yeah, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to <laughs> Unfortunately, we both missed the match. We were watching uh, LAFC 2 in their maiden voyage, which I'll be headed down uh, there uh, later on today. But go on. No, I just wanted to echo the, your, your sentiment about the put aside your affiliations uh, in, in Major League Soccer for the NWSL. We're, we're trying to grow the women's game. We're trying to grow that beautiful team, trying to obviously have a, a beautiful platform for, for young girls to go out there and realize, hey, I too can now play a professional sport at a really high level. So, you know, uh, I, I I don't understand how people could be like, I can't go there because they're LAFC related. Look, if they were Galaxy related, I'd still go down there. I mean, take the short-sightedness and chuck it out the window. I mean, seriously, support the local team. That's what it's all about. I mean, I don't even wear LAFC gear when I go to, to the bank for these games. I mean, to me, it's, it's all about Angel City anytime I'm there. And I certainly appreciate the going there, the crowd, the atmosphere. The vibe's obviously a lot different. Uh, it's a lot more relaxed, a lot more family-oriented. But check it out, man. At, at the very least, if you're a fan of this beautiful game, if you're a fan of international soccer, Alyssa Thompson is going to be a wrecking ball. She's one of the fastest high school athletes in California. I think she's like the fourth fastest in the state based on based on track meets. Check her out. Check out that team. Support Angel City. And uh, listen to Angel City Chicks. They know what's up. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, it, again, I was a Los Angeles Soul season ticket holder in 2009, I believe it was, back when they played down at Home Depot Park or whatever it was even before then. Uh, it was Marta, who is an incredible women's player, she was the, the star of that team back in 2009. And you know what, Carson, if you're listening, you did a terrible job of marketing. You did a terrible job of drawing people down to the Los Angeles Soul. And we were undefeated. We were the best team in the league. And they were drawing like 3,000 fans a match. And then at the end of the season, they gave back the club to the league because they didn't want to run it anymore. They were losing money off of it. That's how AEG felt about the women's game. And that's in 2009. That's 10 years after the 99ers did what they did, absolutely ridiculous. So again, put aside all your garbage, put aside all your crap about, oh, they play at BMO Stadium. I wouldn't go into LAFC's house. One of your dumbest podcasters dressed up like one of us and hung out for an entire game in our house. So I don't want to hear anything about it, you guys. Get over to the women's game. Go watch it. This is weird. It's supposed to be Rants with Philly. It's Rants with Scarf today. My goodness. I don't You're know wrong about one thing. I'm ready. Not one of their dumbest <laughs> their dumbest podcaster. I hate that guy. Oh, well, Such a look, punchable face. That's I'm not inciting violence. I just, he irritates the hell out of me. I'll say this. The worst part about it is, and I know I'll get some crap, but it's like, okay. He was actually a really nice guy when we were talking, you know, off air and everything. I just, man, did I have to grill him on that? That was fun. Philly. He's LAFC. a terrible human being and I know why. He's not. Oh, okay. I'm going to stay completely out of all of that. LAFC 2. Uh, kicked off their maiden voyage uh, Sunday, March 26th versus North Texas. Unfortunately, they lost one nothing. And Philly, you and I were there for that match. They uh, 
they looked a little smaller. They, they looked a little outmanned in the first half, but incredibly, even after two yellow cards to Noah Dollenmeyer, which is really nice to have a guy like 6566 in the box <laughs> for those set pieces, uh, yeah. and and a, a very poorly taken, I hate to say this about the young kid, but a very poorly taken penalty kick by Jeremy Rodriguez. Yeah. Even despite all of that, Philly, I think we can easily say that in the second half, down a man, we actually played way better than North Texas. And by the way, North Texas, one of the premier academies in all of not just Major League Soccer, but in North America, we're talking about the pipeline that gave us Jesus Ferreira and Chris Richards and Weston McKinney, I believe, and Ricardo Pepe. I mean, these are huge names that have come out of this pipeline. In fact, we got to see Pepe's brother, I think, play for North Texas in that match. I was very, very proud of our young boys at LAFC, too. It was their first game. Obviously, there's the jitters. Um, well, were the stars too bright? At Cal State Fullerton? No, because it was daylight out there. But this is a team that's going to continue to improve. They're coached very well. Uh, there's a lot of resources that are getting thrown there. I do want to see some other, some more performances out of the players that didn't feature for LAFC's 18, because without a doubt, they were the best people on the on the field. And I'm talking about the likes of Nathan Ordaz, obviously Eric Duenas, Tony Leone coming into the game. Julian Gaines played exceptionally well in that matchup, so we know his pelvis is rested and fine. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd love to see a little more out of Christopher Jaime. I'd love to see more out of Dollenmeyer, but obviously he had to sit up due to card accumulation. But, but, but it's fun. It's exciting, and, you know, you... I like watching the young kids develop. Like I've always loved college sports just to see who the next star professionally can be. And I take the same mentality down to Cal state Fullerton. It's a good time. Love to see more people get out there. I think we had an attendance of around 500 or so that place easily fills around, I think two, 3000. So you get yourself an opportunity, head down there. Parking is free on the weekends. Your most expensive ticket is 15 bucks and you might get to hang out with us. And see other people like Jordan <laughs> Harvey. Uh, Ilya Sanchez was hanging out in the stands. Jesus David Murillo last game was hanging out in the stands. So, at the very least, you might just catch some of those guys and get to hang out and chat with them. But also, you're going to get to see some awesome up-and-coming young players. Yeah, imagine being able to go see Clayton Kershaw with the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes or, or Mike You Trout. have done that, by the way. I, I have, but that was after he was making an injury rehab start. I wasn't smart enough to go see him back in like 2005 or six or I don't know when he played for them, but it was a long time ago. Uh, imagine seeing Mike Trout at Lake Elsinore. I mean, imagine seeing... I don't know, a guy like Alex Caruso or Austin Reeves with the South Bay Lakers. Shout out to my buddy Nick Mazzella, the GM there. Either way, you guys, this is the opportunity to go see players like Nathan Ordaz, like Philly said, like Christopher Jaime, like Tony Leone. Uh, these players are up and coming, and we are actually – we have a very fun announcement. Uh, Philly and I are going to be starting <laughs> – yeah, you know this. We've talked about this. Philly and I are going to be starting – a new podcast. Because, you know, we have all the time in the world to be able to start a new podcast. It is going to be called Two Black and Gold. It's the number two because you can't ever be two black and gold. But you can start talking about LAFC 2 as in two black and gold. We will be recording the first episode of Two Black and Gold after the second home match, which, of course, LAFC plays today at Titan Stadium. Today being April 2nd versus the Whitecaps 2. Lots of two action going on in MLS Next Pro. We play the Whitecaps 2 at 7 p.m. Philly. And uh, look, we're going to record the episode sometime uh, this next week. And we're going to be giving a platform and giving a place for all these young new professionals at LAFC 2. And I have to say, 
I was inspired to help start this podcast with you based on what you do for Striking Fury and the Empire Strikers, because what you do with the good Dr. Jonathan and with Panda is that you tell the story of these guys playing an indoor soccer in the MASL in a league that has not been given the shine that it so deserves. And I'm hoping that we can do the same thing, you and I, for these MLS Next Pro kids, because a lot of these kids are going to be household names at some point, maybe not just in Major League Soccer Philly, but maybe somewhere around the world. Uh, no, I love it. And I you've never said it to me and put it to me quite in that fashion. I knew we were doing the pod. I didn't realize it had any take it took any inspiration off me going, I want to say rogue, me going um solo on the on the other direction. But no, that means a lot. Thank you. And I'm excited to go and be a part of this. It's <laughs> we have all the time in the world with our lives, right? I mean, nothing <laughs> says we're successful quite like podcasting at 10 a.m. on a Sunday. But no, this yeah. this is gonna be fun. It'll be similar antics, different hijinks, different info, but it's still going to be your beloved Philly and Chekhan, Vietnamese for the scarf. I like Shout it. Shout out to Hen- Denang. All right, look, anyway, uh, 25 minutes into the podcast, we, we're just kind of avoiding getting into this just awful played game uh, by LAFC, but yeah, yes, Philly. Philly has his hand up. Are we getting in the game now? There's still one big bit of information we haven't talked about. Sorry, you go right ahead. One more big bit of information. Are you not going to talk to the millions? And millions? About our newest signing? Oh, okay. Sorry. Bogus, Mr. Bogus. By the My way, I, I say Mr. Bogus. Do you remember back in the day the cartoon Mr. Bogus? I Okay. So I do, but I don't remember ever really watching it all that much. Well, it had about 40 plus episodes in three seasons. Kids, a lot of you out there have no clue what I'm talking about. Mr. Bogus was a yellow gremlin-like creature that lived in some kid's wall in the suburbs. Uh, and it has no affiliation whatsoever with with uh, Mateus Bogush. But obviously, when you know I see the name, I instantly thought of well, what I think about when I'm not thinking about music and sports, cartoons. So welcome to LAFC. Mateus Bogush comes through as a result of um, uh, being signed with well, being a part of English side Le- uh, Leeds United. Let's face it, he he had one cap on Leeds United. He was on the team when they got promoted to the Premier League. But for the most part, his entire career, he was loaned out. And there are some places that I'd be so bummed about being banished or loaned out to, like like <laughs> oh, Ibiza. God forbid I play a sport I love in Ibiza. Not a bad place to be. Second tier, obviously, within the Spanish leagues. 65 appearances down, down there and uh, a mainstay on Poland's U21 side. This kid, now he could legally drink. I mean, still a youngin, but... Started playing professional football at the age of 16, and he certainly fits the mold for LAFC, a young, dynamic, attacking midfielder that should make somewhat of a mark, and it fits along those lines of taking a youth player, developing him. I mean, without a doubt, this kid's going to probably play for the Polish national senior team at some point and figuring out what we do from him there. He's had time in Europe. That name is known, so we get him on our roster. We add some more depth to our midfield, and we develop an outstanding uh, sky's the limit potential midfielder. This is exciting stuff, man. Yeah, look, this is uh, this. By the way, I believe I'll have to double check this. Don't don't quite quote me on this yet, but I believe down in Ibiza, he was a teammate of former LAFC striker Josh Perez when Josh Perez was down there too. So he's got he already had a little bit of an LAFC tie. Both of those guys have at least played for Ibiza in the last year or two. Uh, look, I'm very excited. I, I have I have look. 
I have a lot of Polish friends that are very, very excited about Mateusz Bogus coming here to LAFC. And, and they mentioned him on the broadcast last night. He is definitely going to provide some more weapons in the attack yep. for LAFC. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, look, it, it, a lot of good Polish players now joining MLS. You got Karol Swiderski and Kamil Joszwiak for Charlotte FC. Shout out to Al Rate. You got Mateusz Klitsch, who just joined DC United. A lot of good Polish players and we're hoping Mateusz Bogus can be the best of those four guys that are now in Major League Soccer. We'll see what happens there. But welcome to the black and gold, Mateusz Bogus. Uh, I don't think we're going to see the best Polish player ever coming to MLS anytime soon. But how cool would it Did be? Did he not say that he would want to play in MLS at some point? I, I could have sworn I saw something Lewandowski said about wanting to play in MLS. I could I be mean, wrong. I mean... You couldn't get me more excited. I know everyone's talking about Messi coming over and it's almost a done deal. Your boy, Shep Messing, just said he had like inside information about Lionel Messi coming over and that it's basically a done deal. Uh, but, I, dude, Robert Lewandowski, can you imagine if we have all three of those big three guys come over at the same time or near the same time again, if we get CR7? I mean, he's making $80 bajillion dollars, uh, over in the Middle East right now, but... Robert, <laughs> he's going to get his own oil rig at the way he's right. He's going over there. <laughs> All right. Let's rip the bandaid off Philly. Yeah. Uh, we're looking for uh, our first win in Commerce city, Colorado since 2018. We highlighted this on one more sleep. We lost in 2019. We lost in 2021 on decision day five to two. We lost last year out there in Commerce city, Colorado, but this is a club Philly that is looking for their first win of 2023. And look, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it, but man, did we play terribly. Yeah, if you're looking for uh, the recap of an exciting high-scoring game, no, this isn't a pod. In fact, I'm going to just call it mile-high meh because it wasn't as exciting. And I think Steve Chirundolo at the very end sums up the entirety of this game. I'll mention that comment at the very end of this podcast. But Colorado, not a good team. 14th place going into the weekend. Two points. 0-3-2. Um, not a good goal-scoring team either. You only had two players on this entire team that have scored goals. And one of them, a former Galaxy player. But you said it. There's something about going to Commerce City. Something about going to Dick's Sporting Goods Park that prevents us from getting a W. I think the last time we played them... Uh, no, never mind. I was going to say Benny Thalhaber scored, but that was against Real Salt Lake. So, so, so never mind on, on that. But yeah, it's it's just not good place for us going going to Colorado. They they don't look good offensively. FYI, defensively they did pretty well. They've done some amazing things. They they've gotten their ties mainly based on on kind of scoreless games. Uh, they held Austin to hardly any shots on their home turf. So defensively, not a bad side. Offensively, blah. Yeah, did my audio go out, video go out, by the way, for just a second? I don't know what happened. I had to switch gears for a second. but uh, Oh, boy. I didn't see or hear anything other than my, yeah. other than the sound of my own voice. Well, perfect. I'm glad. Yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, Philly, they finished 10th in the West last year. Uh, yep. One of a handful Not of teams good. to have double digits, wins, losses, and draws. Uh, but this has been a rough year. No Jack Price, it looks like, for the entire year. And that would be Captain Jack Price for Colorado. He's really the straw that stirs their drink out there for the Rapids. Uh, we would see no Cole Bassett in this match as well. He's Shame. back with the Rapids 
this season after a two-year stint in the Dutch first division, the Eredivisie. Uh, he played with both Feyenoord, uh, Feyenoord excuse me, and Fortuna Sittard. Uh, every now and then I call Philly a Sittard. Uh, but it did not go well uh, for uh, Cole Bassett. I thought I was going to get the rim shot, but instead I got the one. What? Family friendly. Anyways, it did not go well. There it is. It did not go well for Cole Bassett in 20 games in the Eredivisie. Two goals, one assist, and and really didn't have the impact that he wanted to. Uh, look, we've talked about no team, by the way, Philly, in this series had ever drawn. We had never drawn with them before. True. I, I guess if one team draws, the other team has to draw, right? So there you go. Uh, it's uh, we had played eight. We, yeah, we had played eight times. Five wins for LAFC. Three wins mm-hmm. for Colorado. But look, they come in very well coached. The one thing we know about Robin Frazier, who's in his fourth season, fourth full season, I should say, with Colorado, his fifth season overall is that he gets the absolute most out of the talent. And this is not a club that uses all three designated player spots. In fact, their second designated player spot is even up for grabs right now. We're not quite sure about Kevin Cabral. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, But Robin Frazier took over for Colorado Rapids legend, Connor Casey. And by the way, you know who Connor Casey took over for? Current U.S. men's national team, I guess they're calling him the caretaker manager. I don't know. Anthony Hudson was the uh, head gaffer at Colorado before Connor Casey, who was the man before Robin Frazier. Robin Frazier, Philly, an MLS legend. There's no other way to put it. Named to the best 25 all time of the first 25 years of Major League Soccer, a five-time best 11, a five-time all-star, a two-time defender of the year, and 28 U.S. men's national team caps. Robin Frazier, as good as it gets in Major League Soccer. It was so impressive when Colorado won the Western Conference. Uh, they did so with arguably the lowest, if not the lowest, salary uh, out of anybody in Major League Soccer. So if you're talking yeah. about squeezing every bit out of his team, he certainly does that. It might have been an anomaly of a season. They were so successful that they got ousted in the first round of the MLS playoffs, but... He, he does command the respect of his team. It would be a lot better if he commanded the respect of his owner, Stan Kroenke, owner of the Colorado Rapids, who owns the Los Angeles Rams, owns Arsenal. Uh, <clears throat> the, I think the Denver Nuggets, I'm not sure if the Colorado Avalanche too, but one of the richest owners in sports. And I don't even think he knows he has a major league soccer team. <laughs> How could he? That stadium hasn't really been updated in forever. They don't have a lot of money to to dish out to players. And how could you not use all your DP spots? You want to be competitive in this league? You got to spend money. God forbid they relieve relieve this league of salary caps. Uh, I mean, things are going to go through the roof. Maybe LAFC will be a dynasty and never lose again. I don't know, but you got to spend money to make money. And I do have all the respect in the world for Robin Frazier, but come on, Stan Kroenke. Let's make your Rapids a solid team. After all, you do have an MLS Cup in your resume, and you are a since 96er. Come yeah, on. Something that we were shocked about, Philly, when we were there for Decision Day in 2021, it's free parking at Dick's Sporting Goods Park. Free. Well, they make up for that at, at, at SoFi Stadium, let me tell you. Do you imagine, Philly, if BMO Stadium, LAFC, offered just one match with free parking? I, I, I would drive a separate car from Nina just so I could park it there for free. I mean, it would be unbelievable. Free parking at Dignity, or excuse me, at uh, Dick's Sporting Goods Park. Uh, look, I, I actually. Two dumpsters that both begin with the letter D. <laughs> there you go. 
look, I, I actually enjoyed their stadium. We did a little walk yeah. around, right? We got to be there really early. It's a it's a very nice kind of cute, homely stadium in the middle of absolutely nothing in Commerce City, Colorado. If you've ever been there, it's not near Denver, folks. It's like a 40, 45-minute ride from Denver, and you get there, and it's the only thing around for a couple of miles. So uh, it was a little bit of a shock. I thought we'd be playing, I don't know, near a major city, uh, but no, nothing. It's called Commerce City, and there's no commerce. Uh, let's get into the lineups. Philly, we know Colorado likes to roll out their three, four, two, one. Uh, Robin Frazier liking uh, one guy all the way up top, and that one guy uh, we'll talk about it. it actually switches around quite nicely. They do a lot of different things with it up at the top. But a goalkeeper that we are very familiar with, even from his days as a backup in Leon, goalkeeper William Yarborough, who was the backup when we played Leon down in Champions League. We've now seen him for a couple of seasons in Colorado. I, I think he's good. I, I actually have, have a lot of respect for William Yarborough. Played very well in the first 25 minutes of this match and then could have literally laid down and taken a nap. Uh, for the rest of the match for Colorado. Uh, on the back line, you got defender Danny Wilson, the Scottish center back who came from Rangers, 100-plus caps for Rangers. And and Philly, you and I have both talked quite a bit about Rangers, one of the premier clubs, not just in the Scottish Premiership, but in the world. They are a fantastic club. He's capped nine times for Liverpool, Philly, 15 times for their under-21s. And, and I'm going to bring – I get to bring up this club twice, Philly. I'm so excited. He has 85 caps for one of my favorite names in all of professional soccer. Sounds like it should be in Tobin's spirit guide from Egon Spangler. Heart, Heart of Midlothian. If you don't love the name Heart of Midlothian, then you don't love soccer. You don't love professional football. He has 85 caps for Heart of Midlothian. And that is one of two mentions of Heart of Midlothian that you are about to hear. Uh, defender Andreas Maxu, the Danish designated player. That's right. Colorado's using one of their designated player spots on a guy from the back line who actually played very, very well in this match. Looked great for them. Andreas Maxu, the Danish DP, came over from Brondby in the Danish Superligan uh, this year in 2023. Uh, Lalas Abubakar, the tenacious center back from Ghana, who we are now very, very, very familiar with, and who he and Kellen Acosta got in a little bit of a, a, little bit of a tiff. They had uh, tea with, after the game together. <laughs> did they really? That's awesome. Uh, no, no, I'm just making I, it I up. Know, I know, that would be awesome if they did. Uh, midfielder, defender, kind of chameleon there on the back line, Sam Nicholson, the 28-year-old Edinburgh native who played for a couple of MLS clubs, played for Bristol Rovers, and here it comes, a teammate of Danny Wilson's at heart of Midlothian combined. Danny Wilson and Sam Nicholson have over 200 caps for heart of Midlothian. And that's the end of our Heart of Midlothian references in the Colorado Rapids lineup. Uh, Keegan Rosenberry, the Rosenberries taste like Rosenberries, uh, the, ah. Pen the Pennsylvania native who capped over 200 times in MLS since being drafted in 2016. Philly, he was the third overall pick in 2016. Do you know who the first overall pick in 2016 was? I know you're probably looking at my notes, so you might know. Uh, but I would say one of the biggest exports in the history of Major League Soccer. No, I, I, I've glanced over your notes. Certainly not the roster stuff. Okay, a teammate of his. Give me a hint, just a hint. Former NYCFC player, now playing in Europe. In Europe, former NYCFC player, teammates, teammates. Um, playing in the Premiership, my friend. Oh, Jack Harrison. There you go. Number one overall pick in 2016, Jack Harrison. Two picks later, 
was Keegan Rosenberry. Uh, midfielder Connor Ronan, the 25-year-old Irishman joining from Wolves, not the Wanderers, as they said in Ted Lasso, but the Wolverhampton <laughs> Wolves. Uh, he's, he, Connor Ronan has had one of those careers, Philly, that I would absolutely love to have if I was a professional soccer player. Not so much playing for the Colorado Rapids, but he has played in League Two, League One, the English Championship, and the English Premier League. He's played in all four of their top four divisions, as well as the Scottish Premiership and the Swiss Super League. The dude has played all over. I just think that's a really fun career that he's had. And, oh, by the way, he's 25. He's He's got like 10 more years of football if he really wants it. He's a very, very good midfielder. He was kind of fun to watch in this match. Midfielder Brian Acosta, the Honduran, uh, who no doubt Daniel Maldonado is very familiar with, came from Dallas, and he is excellent on set pieces, as we would find. The Brazilian midfielder slash forward, Max, just Max. Uh, the Brazilian under 22 has yet to translate to Major League Soccer. 32 MLS matches, and you, Philly, have the exact same number of goals in your MLS career as Max does right now. That would be zero, uh, but congrats, Philly, on an MLS career. Uh, your forwards would be Diego Rubio. It's his first start of 2023. Really didn't do all that much, honestly, for Colorado in this, but last year, his 16 goals and 13 game-winning goals. 13 game-winning goals for Colorado. The Chilean has also played in La Liga for Real Valladolid and Liga Portugal for Sporting CP, one of the premier, if not the premier club in Portugal. 55-0 regular season goals between Colorado and Sporting Kansas City. And Jonathan Lewis, a solid winger from Atlanta who has a couple of caps from the U.S. men's national team. Uh, okay, so in their 18, Philly, They've got defender Stephen Betashore. We have to mention him because we love the guy more than anything else, but he's only played once this season for the Rapids, and he wouldn't factor into this match. It would not be beta time in Commerce City. But they've got some intriguing pieces on their, on their bench, which is surprising because they didn't have very many intriguing pieces in their starting lineup. Uh, forward Darren Yappy, the 18-year-old Denver native. I mean, this is as homegrown of a kid as it gets. Uh, a former teammate of Miche Galina in the Colorado Switchbacks FC uh, system. So uh, Darren Yappy's up and coming for the U.S. men's national team. Not sure he's going to get a ton of burn at the forward position, but he's got a lot of run in the U15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20s, all those guys. Uh, Kevin Cabral. You and I know Kevin Cabral from his days with the Carson Galaxy, uh, acquired for $1 million in general allocation money over two seasons. He's not listed as a designated player on their roster, on their website, but all the things coming over said he was a DP. He might've got bought down. Uh, I don't know why. It's not like they're using their DP spots anyway. Uh, and then Philly, your pick to click, your player to watch in this match was forward Michael Berrios. 41 goals, 58 assists in MLS regular season. And he did score at Bank of California Stadium in 2021. Uh, for Colorado in a 2-1 loss uh, for Colorado. They lost the game. We won the game, but he scored their only goal. And that's the Colorado Rapids lineup. Quite exhaustive research. I mean, I think the uh, 
the research and the description of everybody on the Rapids is going to be a much longer segment than the actual highlighting of the game. Don't really want to keep people that much longer because the game was kind of mad, but that was really good. That was, I mean, I learned a bit from that. Hopefully y'all did as well. I am not going to do the same for LAFC. Because- Heart of Midlothian, Philly. Heart of Midlothian. That's what you got to take away from it. That's, I mean, that's what I take away from every time we talk about the Scottish Premier League with you is Heart of Midlothian. I will not, again, I will not go into the LAFC roster as concretely as, as Scarf did because you're all big fans of this club. We all know everything about most of these players anyway. So we're going to get into the game. But first, the lineup, John McCarthy, congratulations, by the way, on his fourth clean sheet of the year. That includes regular season and not regular season. Chiki Palacios, he's a... He was well-rested. He didn't play in Australia, so hey, here he's back. Giorgio Chiellini, Aaron Long, Ryan Hollingshead. In the midfield, Kellen Acosta, Ilya Sanchez, and Timothy Tillman. Congrats, Ilya Sanchez, on your U.S. citizenship. Rogo and Heath Pierce made the comment about, hey, he might be available um, for the U.S. men's national team now, now that Tyler Adams won't be playing. Just a thought. I like where Heath Pierce was going with that. And then up top, we got Mahala, uh, Vela, and Denny Buanga. I know there were accounts out there that tweeted Vela being out at Disney and how he's not in Colorado. That's just silly. As silly as Mickey Mouse. Ha ha. Oh boy. Anyway, going into the 18, Eldon, Jesus, David Mario, Sergi Palencia, Daniel Maldonado, Jose Cifuentes, Stipe Buke, Eric Duenas, Nathan Ordaz, who we, I'd love to see if they're going to be playing for LAFC too. So that's the lineup. Let's get into the game. Yeah, it was nice. My Mickey Mouse thing was bad, by the way. I'm sorry about that. That was better. That was better. Uh, Rogo and Heath on the call, which was kind of nice to hear. uh, LAFC uh, legend Mark Rogandino and uh, Heath Pierce, both friends of the podcast, by the way. Uh, Happy to hear Rogo and Heath on the call. And LAFC Philly really blending into the turf there at Dick's Sporting Goods Park with those green smokescreen kits and the the sort of off-green turf at – in Commerce City, uh, look, I, I thought it took a few minutes for Chiki Palacios to get settled into the match. He lost the ball in the first couple of touches. Uh, I wasn't super stoked about Chiki in the first five minutes of the match. He was my pick-to-click for LAFC. I was really excited to see uh, what he did. The first shot of any kind uh, came from Chiki yep. from distance. Uh, I don't I don't know. Um, all right, let's right, let's go to the 16th minute. How's that? I'm, I'm trying to find, I don't know, action. Uh, okay. I think what, that was action-packed on that play. It, it was. I think what you and I can agree with first, let's get into it. First 25 minutes, Philly, great game for LAFC. 25 minutes, they, they played well. It wouldn't just be us. It would be Steve. It would be all the, all, all the other pundits. LAFC certainly came out of the gates well. That 16th minute, oh, man, Danny Buanga came close. A beautiful give and glo- go. Give and glow. I wish they were glowing after that. Give and go from Carlos. It was Danny to Carlos. Carlos with a brilliant pass as Danny made a heck of a run. And, uh, well, he just missed it, man. Just missed it. But he did outstretch Yarbrough. Look, even if it was on frame, Yarbrough would have been there to make the save anyway. But it was a fantastic play. Certainly a highlight within the first half. And that's where we really started to threaten there. Yeah, I think Heath mentioned on the podcast, on the broadcast, excuse me, that it, it didn't quite look like Denny got all of that ball. We've seen Denny absolutely hammer goals in the past. I think this one went just off the outside of his foot, unfortunately, there. 20th minute, let, let's just talk about this ball from Cheeky Palacios. This perfect, perfect touch over the top. Uh, I mean, the header 
was right on Yarborough. A beautiful ball by Cheeky Palacios. And then Denis comes over and forces another quick save. Two, two good efforts there in the 20th minute. So you really look, right, from the 16th minute on, we really dominated play up until, I would say, to be perfectly honest, this, this weird eye formation set piece that Heath Pierce called it. Uh, I, I watched that play over and over again. It was a really cool idea uh, that Robin Frazier has going there, this, this eye formation set piece where all the Colorado Rapids as Acosta – is getting ready to take this corner kick, kind of line up behind each other in, in exactly what it sounds like in football. The I formation, if you're not familiar with what that is, it's the quarterback and then the fullback in front of behind the quarterback and then the running back behind the fullback. So it looks like an eye. And and look, Colorado in this match, what we would see there in the 25th minute and what we had already seen a couple of times before that, Philly, some real consternation for LAFC, some real trouble defending pretty much set pieces of any kind. You could say that, and the target, without a doubt, was Danny Wilson. That's where yeah. Colorado and Acosta was looking uh, on on one side, and then you had um, I wanted to call him Conan. <laughs> Jesus, not Conan, yeah. Connor Ronan. Connor Ronan. <laughs> yeah, on the other side, constantly looking in for Danny Wilson. So they they had a good idea as as trying to make it happen. And LAFC's set piece defense would certainly be put on their heels because at the conclusion of this game, you look at the stats. You're talking about ten opportunities for Colorado. That's a lot. And, you know, I mean, I have it PTSD'd in my head about how our set-piece defense was early on within franchise history. Again, it's it's not the same team. It's not the same players. It's not the same coaching staff. So I will say at least the defense held up and did a lot of great things. Uh, but you know that that's what Robin Frazier wanted to do. The I formation, that was fun. It looked kind of like a basketball stack, too, where it, you're trying to inbound the ball and people are, are are moving on all sides to try to inbound the ball. But it's a great op- it was a great idea. Uh, fortunately for us, it did not work for them. Unfortunately for them, um, Look, really, was that was that the first ever out of bounds play? You because you played basketball all the way through high school. Was Stack the first ever? Out, it was the, definitely the first ever out of bounds play we learned. Yeah, I mean that to me is the most basic textbook way to inbound yeah. the ball. You set that same way up, and uh, everybody has their exact direction where they're going, and that's how the ball gets inbound. And how about Giorgio Chiellini pulling a Christian Ramirez and skying that ball over the bar from right in front? And he did his on purpose, which was great. Christian Ramirez was trying to score. But on that set piece, I mean, Heath Pierce talked about it a couple of times, how he had enough room, Giorgio Chiellini, to clear that ball up and over the bar from basically standing on the goal line. That was pretty impressive. You know I love everything that my boy Giorgio does. Uh, <laughs> Your booty. <laughs> oh, I love scarves. Oh, it's the best thing ever. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Mahala was sprung by a great pass uh, from Denis Bawanga, but just missing. And, and what was, excuse me, Mahala sprung Denny Bowanga with a great pass. What what bothered me, what, what frustrated me is that Denny came into the middle rather than staying on that far post. If Denny makes that run to the far post, maybe he's tapping that ball in for a goal and, and you're celebrating another Bowanga banger, but unfortunately not to be the case. And Philly, I got to be honest, man, I don't have a whole ton that I want to talk about more in terms of LAFC in the entire first half, but man, over and over again, it seemed like Colorado was knocking on the door on these set pieces and corner kicks throughout the first half. We got lucky. There was that one play that Danny Wilson was calling for a handball. Uh, there was no stoppage in play there. It's yeah. 
So look, they were out. They obviously settled into their rhythm after the 25th minute. They were passing the ball a little more efficiently than us. Uh, they they were, I would say, a much better team certainly within the second half. Uh, they didn't have any shots uh, towards McCarthy within the first 45 minutes. McCarthy didn't start getting tested and getting balls drawn within his perimeter until the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're going to see what the stats are afterwards. But the one play that we have to highlight uh, closing out the first half, we're looking at injury time. Uh, that was our golden opportunity right there. And without a doubt, the highlight of the game, Denny absolutely picks the pocket of Acosta and makes a heck of a run, man. He's going the length of the field, three quarters distance, really box to box running. And his left foot shot just misses. Heck of a run. Heck of a run. You think maybe he could have had the additional step there, but I mean, he played that ball well defensively. Uh, Acosta got stripped. There's no other way to 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 deny it. I mean, pocket pick like he was walking around Florence, like just ridiculous. And then Denny just with a run, such a fast player. And William Yarbrough looking deer in the headlights. And you see this big old Gabonese attacker coming at you. I'd freak the freak out myself. But unfortunately, that shot didn't come very close uh, to having to outstretch William Yarbrough. And that's really how that first half ended. Both teams had seven shots apiece. Certainly didn't look like it. Um, on target, it was just LAFC. Just LAFC with a couple taps by by William Yarbrough. The corners, that's just where it starts to get lopsided. Colorado had five opportunities uh, at getting something into the box and scoring off of Danny Wilson within that eye formation. And then possession, for the most part, 50-50. So that's your first half in a nutshell with the second half to go, which, by the way, all Colorado. Yeah, uh, First half, I think the only other highlight, Philly, was when Heath Pierce and Mark Rogadino are talking about could Ilya Sanchez now play for the U.S. men's national team? Yeah, well, uh, I mentioned and, that, like, during the roster designation. Yeah, I, I just don't think that Ilya would play in the midfield, but how cool would it be if maybe in a gold cup or an international friendly or something they call him yeah. in and – yeah, you get a cap for the U.S. men's national that, team. That'd be, that'd be fantastic. He's Like he said, he's not the future – but he certainly could be a serviceable player uh, well, on the U.S. Why, why not? Why not? Even yeah. if it's a friendly against, I don't know, Bolivia. Like, bring up Ilya. Yeah, look, uh, I mean, do we play Bolivia anytime soon? Why not? Um, I mean, look, I, just, I, I don't know why I thought about Bolivia. I, I, just, okay. I don't know. Uh, look, Shout out to everybody who listens in Bolivia, by the way. Thank you, Bolivia. The second half was all, in my opinion, Colorado. I know you yep. said it, all Colorado. And, and really what it was is defending set piece after set piece after set piece after set piece. I also don't think LAFC valued possession nearly enough. I don't know what they were doing with their passing. I, I got to say, the second half was easily the most frustrating half of football I've watched this year. And it may have been the most frustrating half of football that I've watched in the last two years from LAFC. Never once did I feel like we tried to link up all three lines from going from back line to midfield to forwards. Never once we were trying balls over the top. We were trying balls down the wing. We weren't connecting with those passes even when we tried them. I don't know that we strung three or four passes together in a row progressively the entire half. I I was so frustrated watching this second half. But you know what I have to remember is this, Philly. We're at altitude. These guys probably still do have heavy legs. You got guys like Cheeky and and Ryan Hollingshead, by the way, who's still coming back from from his lung issue. And I just, God, the second half was just so frustrating, Philly. 
You're right, but true to form, and I believe you asked the question and Ryan Hollings had addressed it, that's still not an excuse, the altitude and the and, and the heavy legs. But it, it but the fatigue clearly was a factor because we we were good within the first 25 minutes, and then that slowed down. The the, the air, the quality of air, there's something to be said about that. That's why a lot of Olympians and distance runners do go to Colorado to train because of the altitude. Uh, so that that is a factor, but we certainly can't use that as an excuse, especially with Colorado not being that great of a team. And while five games is not a sufficient body of work to uh, to say that about, I mean, it, it's true. The two goals over the course of five games, we know they're not a good team, at least not offensively. But, you know, the guy who started to become a man of the match, in my opinion, and I'm sure there's plenty of others out there that would harbor the same sentiment, would be John McCarthy. He, uh, he made himself some saves. 50th minute, he gets his first credited save. There was this weird bounce uh, from a shot off Diego Rubio that got deflected off a of Hollingshead. And yeah. thankfully, J-Mac had the wherewithal to, to keep with it because that awkward bounce could have easily resulted in, in a stupid, stupid goal. But, I mean, that's the first save that he really got credited for. Yeah, look, we had that corner kick where it looked like uh, they may have used Timothy Tillman to like get even higher up um, on the header. Uh, luckily, uh, another good play by John McCarthy. I just felt like we looked awful uh, on these set-piece defense early on in the second half, maybe first 10 minutes or so. Uh, the only one that, that I thought we looked good at was in the 57th minute where Rubio just basically passed the ball right to John McCarthy, which I appreciate. Um you know, 60th minute, about an hour in, you really felt like Robin Frazier was starting to push his chips into the middle, getting your boy Michael Barrios, who you said was your player to watch during one more sleep, and Darren Yappy in for a largely ineffective Jonathan Lewis and Diego Rubio. Uh, not a good showing for two of their strikers. Barrios and Yappy certainly more effective coming on with just 30 minutes to go. Uh, Aaron Long with a yellow card there in the 65th minute. Um, maybe we'd have to watch how Aaron Long was playing, especially because they like all these set pieces and balls into the box that could always, you know, one bad play, a guy gets behind you, you drag him down. Now all of a sudden it's your second yellow, a la kind of kind of like Noah Dallenmeyer uh, for LAFC2. But uh, not, nothing really there. A little bit of a, a nervous moment for me, Philly. I didn't like seeing all of the four foot eleven Michael Berrios one-on-one with my boy Giorgio on the wing there, but luckily his cross went nowhere. And, and thank goodness, uh, Philly, after 73 minutes, we finally get a little bit of relief with some subs. Mario and Buke coming on for Chiellini and Vela. I mean, look, I think you and I have said this repeatedly. Our defense, our shape is just so much better with Giorgio Chiellini back there than when he's not. I don't love the combination of Mario and Long, but I, I will say this. We looked solid enough at the uh, last 15, 20 minutes of this match with Mario and Long back there. Actually, no, I, I shook my head there. I'm, I, I think Mario and Long are, are, are fine. It's Mario and uh, it's, it's Long and Chiellini that I'd like to see a, a little more of. And, and in time, that'll happen. Look, defensively, we were fine. I mean, we, we got another clean sheet, which, as we know in this game, is, is very hard to come by. But it, it, what's unnerving, obviously, is having to rely on a veteran like a Giorgio Chiellini um, Right now, I think we need at least maybe one more person back there to to help take care of business. And I, and I know we have that, but not anybody I feel as confident in. And, you know, going to play Vancouver on Wednesday, are we going to utilize Giorgio Chiellini? I know 
uh, Steve Trundolo said turf is not a factor in terms of team selection, but it's got to play. It's got to play a role. I would love to do some statistical analysis on how much the turf certainly affects the knees of players and, and injuries along those lines. I, I want to say it might even be even, bro, between injuries that one sustains on turf and off of it. But I have to do the research to, to figure it out. Um, Listen, anyways, Barry, Barry, Barry Sanders retired early because of the carpet in Detroit. So it's got to be something, right? Well, yeah, but we're also talking about a different sport with a bit more contact. Um, unless you're playing, unless you're playing in Romania. Anyways, <laughs> 81st minute, John McCarthy makes another save on Connor Ronan, and it's Barrios that had the assist. It was a tough shot. J Mac made a great save, but true to my my statement, Barrios, the minute he comes into the game, he's a pest, making things happen, going on runs, passing the ball effectively, collecting yellow cards. Um he, he's a thorn in our side, like a Diego Chara-like thorn in our side. Thankfully, he didn't get credited on any assist. We had another sub in within the 82nd minute. We had Jose Cifuentes checking in for Timothy Tillman. He was my man of the match to watch for LAFC, and he did have a shot in the first half that did come close. He just missed left. Um, so yeah, that's so the story did there. You, did you notice the wrap on Sifu's left hand? That was interesting. He didn't have that when he left for international duty. So I wonder... Wonder if anything happened there with Sifu's hand. Yeah, I mean, he might have gotten into a boxing fight with a kangaroo, which, as we know, as we've seen on YouTube, that's a no-no. <laughs> okay, all right. There, I why, why not? Uh, look, LAFC uh, could have scored a scarf goal, which is a goal in the 83rd minute. I, I just didn't love. I, look, I get it, right? Jose Cifuentes is one of our most potent shot takers from outside the box. But the dude is just, just – <laughs> You're a some, potent shot taker. <laughs> I, I definitely was for my birthday party. That's for sure. Uh, I was also then a very good napper after that. Uh, but, look, a cold Jose Cifuentes coming into the match to take that shot, I, I just didn't love – he had been in for less than a minute or so when he lined up to take that set piece, and he drilled it right off the top of the wall. Uh, I loved what Robin Frazier did in the 86th minute. He, he made his last play that he could yeah. – he, he's trying to steal all three points, bringing in Kevin Cabral and Ralph Prizo, who I didn't really talk about at all in the lineup thing because I didn't want to take an hour and a half. But the uh, young Canadian international Ralph Prizo comes on for uh, Ronan and Nicholson, trying to steal a point, uh, kind of a dirty yellow from Michael Barrios, taking Acosta down from behind there in the 87th minute. But look, four minutes of stoppage time. And I do want to say thank you to the good friends at Apple TV. Thank you for showing a running clock during stoppage time so we know exactly how much time is actually taken off the clock. I appreciate that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I, stoppage time was maybe the most exciting part of the second half, Philly. We got kind of Ryan Hollingshead maybe tugging down, but not really because he was diving for the header anyway. Uh, Danny Wilson, his header well wide, but whoa, a huge bullet dodge there. And Philly, I thought our best chance our best chance of the entire second half was basically the last ball for LAFC where we finally earned our first corner of the second half, fourth minute of stoppage time. Go back and watch that play for all of you that think that nothing exciting happened and watch how close Aaron Long comes to getting to this corner. Philly, we almost stole one literally at the deck. Yeah, it it would have been it would have been phenomenal. It would have been a nice set of exclamation points to put on an otherwise meh kind of a game. But you know, alas, the soccer gods 
blew the whistle on us, and that's how the game ends. 0-0. Very exciting play, and yeah, that that's not one that you're going to see on the highlights, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. You won't see, and it's funny, they didn't even have the Denny Buanga goal. If you go to YouTube or, or the other highlights of this game, those two plays weren't there that we mentioned, which is why you listen to Defenders of the Bank and, and, and not just watch the highlights, because we'll cover a couple other things that they miss. But that one in particular was missed, so yes, I would recommend uh, checking that out. Good call on that scarf. Final whistle blows. Shots. Colorado had another seven in the second half. LAFC total of 11. So we're looking at 14-11 shots on target, on target. This is where it kind of sucks. LAFC had two on target in the first half. LAFC closed the game with two shots on target the entire (laughs) game, which kind of, which obviously had Aaron Long scored on that. That would have been fantastic. Uh, Colorado had all of their shots on target within the second half. Possession relatively even, but the difference clearly being in corners. 10-3, to three, very lopsided. Colorado certainly had opportunities they did not capitalize on. But to sum up the words by Steve uh, Trondolo during the press conference, not the best game to watch, not a lot of quality. There's nothing more that really needs to be said. He also did say he was fine with the defense. But not a great game, not a lot of quality, and that's your... Uh, that's the recap, unless you had anything else. I did have a couple other cool factoids to mention, but I didn't want to do it unless you had something else to say. No, I asked my my one question I wanted to ask of Ryan about what was it like to have to defend double-digit set pieces and corners the way they did, and he said that's exactly what Colorado wanted to do. Uh, honestly, coming into the match, basically what Steve Chirundolo said was they are who we thought they were, to quote the great Dennis Green, but what Jesus. was frustrating? I was wondering when we would get a Minnesota Vikings reference <laughs> on this pod. And last year or the previous years, we had several of them. There you go. Finally got our Dennis Green. And I know go. Max Bredos is going to call that out too. Uh, but you know, to be perfectly honest, LAFC didn't do anything to make them not play their game. So Colorado, after the first twenty-five minutes, just did what they wanted to do. Frustrating. Zero-zero draw. But look. We got the first draw in the series, right? No one had ever drawn in this series before. Uh, and I look, I wonder how seriously, because Ryan Hollingshead said it and Steve Trundle said it. Yeah, but it's still great to take a point on the road. How, how seriously do they actually believe that? Coming in, you're LAFC, you're clicking on all cylinders, you're firing on all cylinders, I should say. And 0-0, zero, zero, I mean, look, Yes, you're always happy with a point on the road. That's what you're supposed to say after these type of things. But this was not great, Philly. Not great. It wasn't great at all. It's our second 0-0 draw of the season. And I thought about that for a second because I don't recall too many of these in the history of our team. In fact, this last game against Colorado, historically speaking, was our fourth 0-0 draw. Um, And we've had two of them this year. Obviously, there was the 0-0 this time around. There was the 0-0 away against Seattle. And then we hadn't had a 0-0 draw since 2019. You'd have to go back to May 4th at home against Chicago. 0-0 there. And then almost a year before that against Portland, yet again at home on July the 15th, uh, 0-0. Only four 0-0 games in franchise history. Two of them have been this season. And prior to that, we'd have to go back to 2019 for the other one. Now I'm talking about regular season. Of course, I know what some of y'all are thinking, but Philly, I was at SoFi. They ended in a draw against Club America. They did, but they went to PKs. Uh, So this is just regular season endeavors. But there are some things to be optimistic about. John McCarthy got his third regular season shutout and his fourth 
of the year, including all competitions. Uh, we're still undefeated, us along with Minnesota United and, oddly enough, FC Cincinnati. What a turnaround that team has had. So that's kind of cool. We've only conceded three goals throughout the entirety of these six games. There's something to be said about that. Uh, only two other teams, I think, are in the discussions for that, uh, and that would be Minnesota United and Seattle. Nashville has only conceded two goals, but they have a worse record than we do. And, I mean, that's the story. The defense was fine. Uh, we got close on a couple of occasions. I don't want to use the, the the fatigue and the mile high factor, but, yeah, we kind of have to use the mile high factor and the fatigue. But we get ourselves a couple of days rest, and then we head over to Bad Carpet Place, BC Place, in Vancouver to take on a team that absolutely whooped their country rivals. Five to nothing Montreal Impact. Look, I don't care how bad of a team you can be. When you put five goals on somebody at this level, that speaks volumes. I'm not entirely, I'm not going to say I'm not optimistic. I'm not entirely, I'm not cocky going into this game against Vancouver. Vancouver looks to be a pretty good team. Yeah, look, uh, I believe the tweet, and I'm looking for it. Yes, I found the tweet from OptiJack. The Whitecaps 5 nothing win over Montreal on Saturday was the second largest Canadian on Canadian crime uh, in 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 all of uh, the team to all of the Canadian teams to ever play against each other, it was the largest ever defeat by one Canadian team over another in MLS history. Uh, only Montreal's six nothing win over Toronto in the 2013 Canadian Championship, and Philly. Who doesn't remember where we were watching the 2013 Canadian Championship when Montreal beat Toronto? Uh, only that uh, rivals the five nothing win yesterday. So that Canadian on Canadian crime, the worst in Major League Soccer history. And now we get to go up there and play them. We get to be reunited with our good friend Tristan Blackman. Uh, it'll be a homecoming-ish of sorts for Mark Dos Santos. I don't know. He coached there for a season or two and then left. But either way, uh, let's look real quick, Philly, about where LAFC is in the table. St. Louis finally lost. Thank you, Minnesota. Man. And, and I appreciate I, I, their, their fans are getting annoying on Twitter. They, they had to get brought back to reality. <laughs> and, and not only did they lose. No, not only did they lose, they lost in St. Louis. So that was good. Uh, Minnesota humbling them one nothing. Uh, Seattle kept rolling. At least this time it was the expense of Carson two to one. So Seattle with their win. Uh, that means uh, LAFC remains third in the West on 11 points. Uh, tied with that surprising Minnesota squad at 3-0-2, but we've scored more goals. So we are third in the West behind St. Louis and Seattle. And in the Shield, we are sixth in the race for the Shield. 15 points for St. Louis. 14 points for FC Cincinnati. You mentioned them earlier. St. Louis, Atlanta, excuse me, Seattle, Atlanta, and New England, all with 13. And, of course, LAFC on 11 points. And, Philly, we talked about this. We have four more matches in the next 15 days. We go up to Vancouver on the 5th. We come home to BMO Stadium on the 8th against Austin. And then three days later, we're home to Vancouver in that second champion, uh, Champions League match in that round. And then we get to go down to Carson on the 16th, Philly. I can't wait. Yeah, we got to buy those tickets, come to think of it. I. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> I have nothing, nothing more to say about things. We're an hour and 11 minutes into it. And producer McPanda looks like she's telling us to wrap it up. So 
Scarf, what do you All have right. to say? Where, where are you headed right now? There you go. Where am I going? Yeah, what's doing? I got to go follow my tribal leader and the bloodline at SoFi Stadium for the showcase of the immortals. WrestleMania 39. It'll be Roman Reigns defeating Cody Rhodes. And you I know how it. good I am at picking winners. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, I know he's one of your people. I hope he wins tonight. Look, I, I hope somewhere the Undertaker rises from some place and, and at least makes an appearance. I hope you have a great time, my friend. And uh, are, are we... Do we not end our podcast with the bye-bye anymore? Is it is, a, is producer Panda going to be playing us out now? What do, we, what do we do? Well, we will end it with the bye-bye, but obviously oh, okay. we have to say it first. That'll be producer McPanda's cue to go click. All right. Well, then let's do it, my friend. You guys know how we like to end all of our episodes, including this one, episode 239 of Defenders of the Bank. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 